Oh no, you're listening to another episode of What Do I Do With My Hands. I am, of course, your host with the least, Cole Bailey. Today I'm going to be chatting with one of my good buddies, Anayla Kettler, about her life in baking. But before we begin, I just wanted to remind you all to follow the Instagram at What Do I Do With Show and send in any workplace advice, questions, or stories to What Do I Do Show at gmail.com. Thank you so much, my pretty babies. Enjoy this show. That's actually really cute. So before we get into it today, Anela, um, what the heck do you get up to? What are your passions? Who are you? Are you a stranger? How do I know you? Uh, we first, <laughs> I mean, for context for everyone listening, um, when you and I met, I was on the floor crying, covered in glitter because of the mean security and guard. And that's all they need to know, right? Yeah, that's, that's all they need to know. That's the entire Anela Kittler resume. Uh, no, um, I mean, in medical in our school, I was baking and pastry arts because I like to make cupcakes and all that jazz. And now I am more into the coffee and tea world because baking, um, it's fun and I love it, but you know, mass produced, it's the same thing every single day. Mm-hmm. So I strayed from that, but Yeah. So you think it's the monotony of baking that that made you like switch over? Yeah, and like the repetitiveness, and it's really hard on your body. Oh, so that was that was fun, but I still love it. I still do it at mm-hmm. home. I just prefer the like recipe development side of things. Um, so that's yeah, that's somewhere I'm trying to head. But currently. I am a shift supervisor at Starbucks and a store supervisor at this nice little locally owned tea shop called Taste of Tea. Mama Mia, you're working double right now? Yeah, always. Oh my gosh. Do you ever like, you know, have a little hiccup at work and start making coffee at the tea shop and tea at the coffee shop? Um, sometimes. It's a cute little idea, huh? Sometimes people come to Starbucks and they're like, what do you like to drink? And I'm like, oh, I like the iced tea here. And they're like, what? <laughs> oh, they don't like that answer? No, they love it. <laughs> <laughs> What's your go-to Starbucks drink? Um, currently, it's a venti ice shake and espresso, blonde, no classic, oh. two pumps cinnamon dolce, two pumps white mocha with almond milk. I have one <laughs> in front of me right now. <laughs> Whoa. I'm sorry. I need to write that down. <laughs> you I'll just gave me a novel. It's like, good. Can you send it to me in an email. Yeah. Um, no, put, it, put it in the description of this podcast. I love that. Um, um, yeah. In my in my real life job, um, I'm also managing like a Starbucks cafe, and I've been slinging those those shaken espressos. They're good. The brown sugar, oat milk. Oh like, man! I, I I tasted it. And I think I saw new colors for the first time that day. I I levitated. It's genuinely like they they hit it out of the park, but it's out yeah. everywhere. So, oh yeah, yeah. No, now I'm <laughs> shaking coffees at home. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I think shaking everything you drink is the way to go. Get a <laughs> All home. of it doesn't matter. Everything. Milk. That... Just drink it. Shake it. Shake it up. Yeah. I tell you what coffee? I'm drinking right now. Shake your pour overs. <laughs> what are you drinking right now? Ah, 
start spreading the news. I'm drinking Le Croix. Le Croix. Um, uh, pineapple strawberry. Oh. See, lately, I've been drinking Bubbly Bounce. Mm-hmm. They have caffeinated sparkling water now. Did you not so, like the song I did for you? I did love that song. Okay. I, I like the little 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 jig you did. Okay, thank um, you. Thank you so much. No. <laughs> I I've noticed that I've I I like drinking out of a can. So yeah, yeah I've been drinking my LaCroix, my my bubblies. I accidentally had a, a bubbly that was like an energy drink. Yeah, the bubbly bounce. That's the ones I like. Oh, okay. <laughs> Does yeah. that like do anything for you? No. But I like no, the right? flavors. They have different flavors, though. Like mango mm-hmm. passion fruit. And I'm like, yeah, I want mango passion fruit. You know? Yeah, right? It's springtime. I'm trying to, like, mix things up a little bit. I've I've been drinking coffee until, like, 8 p.m. And apparently that affects my REM. So now I have to, like, stop. I, oh, <laughs> I need to be healthier. I wish it affected my REM. I literally got this. Did my th- got this, you know, shaken espresso. Mm-hmm. And then took a three-hour nap. Oh my god! Yeah, Dude, it that sounds badass. Yeah. All um, right, so Anela, <laughs> break it down for me, okay? I want to. I want to get to know the nitty-gritty about you. I am taking the role of a person that wants to walk through your shoes. I want to know what it takes to become an Anela Kettler. Are you ready to to walk me on that journey? I mean, it's okay. Sound it's immediately nervous. <laughs> no, I'm not nervous. I feel I just feel bad for everyone. <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing like started off with a little apology. <laughs> Sorry for um, the content. <laughs> no, I mean, I guess we can start start real early. Um, my for context for everything that's happening about to happen. My <laughs> father is legally blind. Um, he has not had a job or driven since I was like nine or 10. Mm-hmm. So growing up, um, anytime he had to like cook dinner or anything, cause then he was a stay at home dad, he'd be like, yo, you come help me measure, you know, cause he would have so trouble. Would his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd help him, you know, measure the milk for the hamburger helper, like make box cake mix, you know, that started like. There's a picture of me at like four years old, like mixing some brownies, you know, like it started real early. So then I liked doing that. I liked helping mm-hmm. him. And then eventually, you know, he always liked having those, uh, like a bunt cake, you know, mm-hmm. you make the cake mix, you pour it in the bunt cake pan, and then you make like a powdered sugar and water frosting, you know, you drizzle it over. And he did that a lot. And eventually I just started, you know, I took the, really old Betty Crocker baking cookbook off the shelf. And I just started baking from there. My big thing was banana bread. And I, I was in middle school and I thought, yeah. And I thought I was like, I thought I was hot shit because I put chocolate chips in my banana bread. You're a goddamn maverick. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. You know what? Everyone loved my banana bread. You know, there was one Christmas I made little tiny banana bread loaves for everyone in the family. Yeah, <laughs> but, it's actually kind of crazy because, like, I've never tried your banana bread and I've known you for years. So it's actually kind of sick. I, 
<laughs> well, I mean, that was like in middle school, and then I started doing other things. I got oh, into yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you tried my scones, though. I got into scones in college. You know, if, if anyone has the pleasure of knowing uh, Anela here, please try her scones. Um, <laughs> absolutely, a a perfect scone, truly. And I'm a person that that has a nice cup of coffee and like a little pastry and like that's that's my morning like yeah th- it can't get any better than that that's 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 the, the apex of of a, of a pleasant morning so how did you make this banana bread do you have a recipe that you want to share honestly i don't even use that recipe anymore it was just yeah, from... fuck it. who needs it fuck it garbage right? <laughs> i mean i'm someone that like i find recipe and it takes a lot for a recipe to like stick with me and that recipe was great when I was in, um, you know, middle school. It was easy. It was just mm-hmm. like bananas and some oil, like vegetable oil, I think. And then, you know, just the usual stuff. You mix it up, whatever. But, um, I mean, there's one I've tried recently that I prefer. But um, going back to middle school, right, mm-hmm. we're jumping around with the recipes. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I was really into that. I love doing it. And then. I joined 4-H when I got um, into high school because there was a cooking club, the Kitchen Wizards, you know. What is 4-H? Uh, 4-H? It's um, mostly it's like like agricultural stuff. It's like a youth program and there's like all these different like things you can do. You can raise animals. You can learn woodworking there's like craft clubs i mean it pretty much is like an umbrella for any kind of clubs you want to do that are like outside of like school and then you know you do this stuff at the fair so you go to the fair and you're like here i made this chair or like in my instance i'd be like i made all this baked good stuff and then they you'd make a booth and your club would put out all your stuff and you know they'd rate it and you'd get blue ribbons and if you're the best in class you got a medal and i have a couple <laughs> whoa so. you were best in class multiple times yeah i mean it was it was you know small town like not yeah, not a lot of people jumps. never even was, touched a banana bread before it was there was like one baking like one cooking club and it was the club i was in you know and (laughs) and most people did cooking you know yeah so i did baking so there was a lot of you know overall there wasn't really a lot of competition but you know that that was a thing and i was proud of it and it was a nice you know ego boost when i was in middle or high school and that's when i first learned how to use fondant and you know, started decorating cakes and making cupcakes and learning recipes. And so, you know, I loved it. It was like once or twice a month we'd go and we'd go to this church in the middle of the country and we'd, you know, use their kitchen and we'd cook. And we had like a, I still have the cookbook somewhere, you know, we get like a binder with laminated, you know, recipes. So we do that. And I was you know, one of my friends was in it with me and my cousin was in it. And right before I graduated, my sister joined. So, you know, it was a fun little thing. You got to meet different people that I didn't go to school with. So, like, what kind of stuff were you making then? Do you have any recipes that stick out to you? Um, 
I don't know. I well, okay. The so the fondant recipe that we use because we made our own fondant for like covering cakes. I used that recipe for a while. Um, I just haven't, you know, made fondant in a in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, just because people haven't been having weddings. <laughs> oh, why is that? So, Do you think love is dead? Um, I think I think we're in a panorama. Something like that. I don't know. (laughs) Something like that. And and Anela, how how the heck do you make a a fondant? Um. So it's (laughs) yeah. Do some sugar cooking. Yeah. Do some sugar cooking. And then you gotta add some um, like gelatin, and then you gotta mix in powdered sugar, and you almost break your mixer. Um, and then you add this thing called glycerin and that, uh, gives it the nice, um, like elasticity and softness. Yeah. And then you can, you can color it. You gotta, um, a good way to keep it good is you cover it in shortening and then wrap it in plastic wrap like several times and then put it in a plastic bag. And then you can microwave it a little bit, make it nice and pliable. Yeah. Um, you got to be careful. Cracks really easily. A little difficult to work with. Mm-hmm. But well, it looks pretty. Huh. Well, there, there you go, right? <laughs> Sometimes. So yeah. at, at what age <laughs> were you in this, this 4-H group? This is middle school. How long did that go on for? Um, so I joined my freshman year of high school. So from like... 14 till I was like 18 because I did it you know yeah through through the summer before I went to college um and at that point I got to be more of like a leader within the group so that was you know that was a really good Mm -hmm. time for me I always had that outside of school I could go and bake because there wasn't really bakeries Mm -hmm. in my hometown you know there were a couple but like nothing that really like suited me I mean, you know, it, like they were very small and I don't think any of them exist anymore. Oh, yikes. So like, yeah. did you think that like baking could be like a feasible career for you or did you like see it still as like a hobby? Um, I had myself convinced that I could do it and have a wonderful time, you know, <laughs> because, yeah. I think because I didn't really have that chance to work in bakeries before. Mm-hmm. Um that really you know i was like yeah i can do this like this is a career you know i took those career tests like at um in high school or middle school whatever and they like the median salary for a baker is thirty thousand a year and i was like that seems great <laughs> i would love to have thirty thousand dollars right now i was like heck yeah that's fine um Ignoring the fact that the college I wanted to go to was like $42,000 a year, you know, (laughs) ignore that part. But like, I was like, yeah, this will be great. I can, you know what? I'm awesome. I can definitely, you know, do better than that. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, I mean, you know, it's possible, right? I mean, look at us. We're, we're, we're getting there. So yeah. Um, did you do like any like fun, like events or activities? Were you baking for people? Um, so, um, in small towns, I mean, pretty much everywhere, Mm -hmm. there's this, um, phenomenon called like craft sales, which usually aren't actually craft sales. They're filled with, um, MLMs, you know, 
yeah, of course. There's like Sensi and Pampered Chef, and you know they all have their tables. They're trying to get you to buy stuff. Yeah. Well, I would go to those with my baked goods, um, and sometimes they were super busy, and I'd sell stuff. Most of the time, yeah, no one came. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know. Or like they definitely weren't going there to see some child making like that had made, you know, cake pops and cookies. Like they were like, no, thank you. What? Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd sling some cake pops. Are you kidding me? What else was on the menu? Oh, I mean, if you look way back in my Instagram, you can see. Oh, yeah. I do that on the regular. I just scroll back to 2013 for most of my friends and I just see what, what they're going on with, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I would make cookies, muffins. I liked making muffins and I would make these really awesome like jumbo muffins and they had like blueberries and I'd put this like pretty sugar on top. Mm-hmm. Um, I made, oh, I'd make like lemon muffins. I even went and made labels for everything, you know? Yeah. And then Wow. All it. that production effort and these schmucks wouldn't buy yeah. anything. Yeah, I mean, like, I'd sell a couple things, but they weren't. No. So the only time I ever sold, you know, like, actually did well and sold out was the day I got my acceptance letter from CIA. Really? You know? Yeah. It was, like, it was a note. It was uh, November, Saturday in 2014. And, you know, my mom's like, hey, we got this letter from the Colonial Institute of America. And I was like... Yeah, well, it's only been like three weeks. Can't be a, you know, it must just be more, mm-hmm. you know, propaganda, whatever. More propaganda. And then, <laughs> I don't know. It's more and so more I. Those posters from the culinary telling me to enlist. Yeah, you know, they're like, <laughs> you're going to do great. Look at all these celebrity chefs. Oh. Yeah, then... they were celebrity chefs. So that's why I convinced myself I could, you know make enough money and so you know sell out and i'm like cool that was a great day go home and i'm like oh my god i got accepted and then it was like how am i gonna pay for this and i was like well obviously it's not doing a bunch of bake sales because no one cares (laughs) so what'd you do what was the plan um oh i applied for so many scholarships um, and in Michigan, a lot of the time when you apply for scholarships and you're not staying in state, they just pass right over. <laughs> so I didn't get a lot of scholarships. Um, most of the ones I got were like merit based or like need based because my, you know, yeah. since my dad is legally blind, you know, we're lower on the income scale. So I was able to get a lot of financial aid, which was very helpful mm-hmm. for Um my career yeah (laughs) were were you weighing um, other college options other than the cia yeah um so i got interested in cia like my freshman year of high school Mm -hmm. like you know that's when they start sending college things they're like here go to oakland university or you know the cia of a you know and you're like wow okay um and i was like wow this looks really cool and then i was like that's kind of outrageous because I was like 14 and I was like, nah, I can't go to New York for school. <laughs> I remember at Christmas because I have a cousin that lived in Brooklyn mm-hmm. and I was like, do you know where Hyde Park is? Because like we were just like, oh yeah, it must be in New York City. 
He's like, no. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Must be a bigger state than I thought. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I, you know, kind of dropped it. was like, whatever. There was um, Baker College in Michigan has the Culinary Institute of Michigan. So I was like interested in that for a while. And I did, um, so I did the career and technical education in high school, my junior and senior year. Um, thing out of a lot of colleges, we just had a lot of options. Um, so I did the culinary and they had this competition called Pro Start. I don't know how many, I mean, I know Ray mentioned he did Pro Start. Well, I did the like, they started like a nutrition competition. So we made like a kid's menu and that was really fun. Um, and we got to like design this really cute little kid's menu. And it wasn't just like chicken tenders. You know, we had like fun little, uh, you know, meals and stuff. And then, so we won that one, but it was like the first year they did it and it was only in Michigan. So, you know, there was a, we didn't really get any scholarships or anything. So the next year, I came back and I did the management competition, which is the big one where you um, you and your team build a restaurant concept and you do all the marketing and the financial planning and like you literally do everything. You make this big, um, you know, a big poster board. And we were, we did so amazing. What was your so, restaurant so, concept? It was called Out of the Way, but Way was spelled W-H-E-Y. And it was a cheese themed restaurant. Oh, wow. Um, and it was, so everything had cheese in it. Really? Um, but in the well, like, really well, classy the items. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um, so there was a, it was like apple and Gouda flatbread. Ooh. And we like made a lot of these and it was so good. That one was delicious. Mm -hmm. And we had a um goat cheese risotto. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you know, we had to make it. So then I learned how to make risotto. <laughs> no one told me any, you know, they're just like, here's the recipe. Go make it. And they started you with risotto. And I did a great job. Wow. Just just to brag, because I just mm -hmm. got to sit there and I'd add a little bit. Yeah. Just throwing up you know, rice, yeah. Yeah, and then we also had, we did like a cheesecake. It was a turtle cheesecake. So that was awesome. And then we also had um, one of the things, I just thought this was so cool, was a apple pie with cheddar cheese in the crust. Ooh. Which is like. Okay, yeah. yeah. I can mess Yeah, and so, yeah. And so there were all these like really great, you know, things and I just I because of the way I am I remember the exact like because they were critical thinking questions you know so you did your whole presentation you showed them you like memorized everything and then there are critical thinking questions afterwards and you go into this room and they asked well what about vegans and That's the right. answer what? is well <laughs> yeah and the answer is, well, they're just not in our target market. And that's an acceptable answer. Huh. But um, one of my team members chimed in before I could say anything and was like, well, given the um, changing landscape and the availabilities uh -oh. of vegan, you know, and just like, oh, they made it political. About, like, <laughs> like of like 
new vegan cheeses or whatever and it was just kind of like rambling and i was like that wasn't the answer like the answer was very simple we have a target market sure like you just you know you can't really adhere to everyone like that's just kind of the the shtick yeah i get you. so i got you so yeah, yeah it, it seemed like a, a, a pretty cool experience for you to to yeah to make your own restaurant concept when i was in second grade I made my own restaurant concept. It was called Cole's Crazy Kitchen. Uh, don't abbreviate it. It uh, was a pizza place that was uh, created by me. Um, and it was like, I, I think I remember it was clown themed. Um, and essentially, I kind of just like stole from like Chuck E. Cheese. So I would just have like a lot of like big, big, cheesy, like droopy cheese pizzas. I love that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, we're we're making a, a market plan right now. And we're going to be opening up uh, probably Q3 of next year. I um, would advise against that. Okay. <laughs> that sounds acceptable. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. <laughs> okay. So uh, you're at the culinary now. Um, did you have like a oh. big shop that you wanted to like work in now that you were, you were going to the, the, the big top dog? Um. So I still didn't have, well, I guess, okay. So, you know, I had this crazy dream. I wanted to work at Charm City Cakes. Um, Duff Goldman, he went CIA, Mm -hmm. he's on the Food Network, you know, he's kind of awesome. And so that was, he was like the person I like looked up to and I was like, yo, if he can do it, I can do it, you know. Um, I am not as great at decorating cakes as I want to believe I am. Um, And so I came to that realization when I was at the culinary and like, I was like pretty good, but you know, I like saw other people like shout out to like Andy Ortega and Shannon McGuire. They do amazing cakes. And I was like, I'm going to leave it to them. (laughs) So that's fair. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good moment of realization. So how'd you pivot from that? So you're like, okay, Um, not cakes. Now what? Yeah. And so and I mean, I loved everything we did. Uh, yeah. Breads were fine. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a breads person. Fair. So when the bread craze happened last year, I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I gave it. Um, I gave it a little shot. I did. I did one focaccia, and I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. <laughs> oh my god, you and Sasha and your. <laughs> we don't know how to do bread. Help us. <laughs> yeah, I know. And be like, all right, like pulling out my books, finding the. So, but so I, you know, mostly did um. I like the recipe testing. So I remember the class I really, you know, got into was um, Chef Coppage. He did the advanced principles of baking or advanced baking principles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That class. I really liked that class because he taught us how to alter recipes and um, to do like gluten-free and dairy-free and thing, you know, all those like different dietary restrictions. And I was like, this is cool. I was like, this is, I love yeah. like taking a recipe and altering things just so slightly and testing it until I could, you know, make something that was still amazing, but it was different. And I just, you know, cause there's always like, there's recipes and you're like, well, this is just not exactly what I want. And I was like, now I have the tools to take any recipe and I can, you know, with enough work, I can make it into like what I want you know knowing the base is like all you need to know yeah and I just thought that was the coolest thing ever and I loved that class and I remember um I made a gluten-free pate and 
even the dean was like this is good and i was like what (laughs) (laughs) that was my favorite bake shop to to visit because it would just be like a, a giant room full of people with like different variations of like a little treat and i would just like walk around and i just eat a little bit of everything or some other things that people made in your bake shop um oh gosh i know someone did um a lot of people do like sorbet or ice cream and i just remember chef coffage being like you don't have to use creme anglaise base to make ice cream don't try to make that vegan (laughs) (laughs) because it's the base is eggs and milk yeah yeah I just remember that vividly because everyone's like, how do I make eggs? <laughs> and I was like, I'm staying far away from <laughs> doing vegan baking and mm-hmm. ice cream. <laughs> I was like, staying far away from that. Um, oh, yeah, I feel you. Did you yeah. work at any bake and, shops at that point? You had to do um, like, a, like an internship, right? Yeah. So I did my externship um, in Ann Arbor. Um, the place I worked was fine. I don't really want to <laughs> name them because I had a, you know, I enjoyed my time on intern on my externship, um, and then I returned there after college and had a less than desirable experience. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't want to give them. Don't you know? Don't I don't want to give them the satisfaction? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. I mean, when I was there the first time, it was very different than when I went back after college. Yeah. Um, it just kind of felt like the safe thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I I regret that decision I made in college. Like, I know you're not supposed to have regrets, but I regret being like, oh, yeah, I'll just go back there, you know? Yeah. Because, like, I mean, I was worked harder than I would have liked. Um, the, like, time goals that were expected of me were a little much and then whenever I would speak up about that they would be like well that's just the that's the work you have to do it you know because I'd be like be like I don't you know this stresses me out like this does not create a good environment for me like I'd speak up and they'd be like you know they'd be like no you have to do it like that's part of the yeah and I remember one time I was trying to meet my goals because you had to finish this training passport in 90 days in order to get some of your benefits. Um, wow. So I had to like, in order to like get my like PTO kickstarted and get like, if you did it on time, you got an extra eight hours of PTO time and get my full discount card and, you know, all this list of stuff. And you know they were like, oh yeah, you get a raise at the end. Wow, um, spoiler alert! Stick management, huh? Yeah, yeah. Wow. They didn't give me a raise at the end. They were like, of you course. started above the because I had worked there before, so they started me above the wage I w- went in at. And so then they were like, well, you're already above the wage, so you don't get a raise. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so you you worked harder for nothing. <laughs> That's um, awful. That's awful. I, I got my discount card. Oh, yeah. Um, but I remember, <laughs> I remember, um, which was when, I think that's when my issues started, was I went in one day. I, like, went in extra to help. And 
I was trying to meet my time goal for scooping cookies. Mm-hmm. And so it was something like you had to scoop a tray of cookies, which is like a hundred of like the small cookies in like six minutes. So I was just trying so hard, like busting it out. Like, you know, you got to like be going so fast to do it. And I just kept trying and trying that entire day. And like I had been trying before the, the day before too. And I just remember going into work the next day and I like couldn't close my hands they were so cramped and I had to be like I can't scoop cookies today and they're like what do you mean I was like I can't close my hands I was like my hands are cramping so bad from scooping cookies the last two days and they were like whatever Hmm. seems like a very supportive management team there yeah and so and that's when I started to get like these, you know, and it only happened like once or twice and it would go away. I'd get these like weird pains in my wrist and then it'd go away. You know, it wouldn't yeah. happen again for a couple months. So I just figured, you know, whatever, nothing. And then um, eventually they gave me a raise. They're like, we're now doing, you know, like quarterly evaluations. And then they gave me a 50 cent raise. And I was like, thank you. Finally. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. It's the least they can do. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, um, I also so, don't like that when you raise a concern to them, their response was just like, well, that's the job, you know, <laughs> instead yeah. of being like, oh, well, you know, maybe I could try to accommodate a little bit more since that's my job as a manager. Um, that's very, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you got away from that. But anyways, yeah. Continue. Yeah. I guess I probably knew it was bad when like two weeks, not even like a weekend, I started sobbing in my car after work and I stayed. No. I stayed there for a full year. Oh, God. So. I didn't even have healthcare through them. Like that was the thing is like I could have gotten healthcare and I didn't even like tie myself to them through healthcare because, you know, two two or three months in, I was like, I want to leave. But I just kept doing it. I don't because I thought I felt like, oh, one of our professors at one point was like, if you're if your first like two or three jobs right out of college, I'll have less than a year of employment. That's not going to look good. So I told myself I had to stay for a year so that it looked better on my resume. Wow. Do you believe that now? Um, To an extent. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, you know, there are. It looks bad. It does look better because if you don't have the chance to explain to someone why, you know, um, but you could also just leave whatever you want off your resume. That's that's also true. Like you don't have to put that on there. There are there are a couple jobs I do not put on my resume because I do not like. I feel ashamed of those <laughs> jobs. I mean, yeah. If you're working with people like that, I probably wouldn't want to talk about them at all, honestly. Yeah. But so yeah, you you moved on from that though, right? I mean, what'd you move on to? Um, well <laughs> I was I so I'd been trying to find a second job the whole time yeah. I was there because I was already starting to struggle financially. Um, because Ann Arbor is expensive. Um, oh well you got the fifty cent raise. So Yeah, yeah you should be loaded. Where's your Ferrari? 
you scooped <laughs> cookies until you couldn't use your hand anymore. So I don't have a Ferrari, but I do have a Ford Fusion. <laughs> hey, hell yeah, baby. It's a reliable car. Let fuel me tell efficient. You. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> um, so my, in like September of that year, so like about uh, eight months after I started, I started working at Starbucks. I had applied like eight times and like to so many different stores. And finally, they were like, oh, yeah, hi, come here. You know, it was so many people are like, oh, I've been applying the jobs. I'm like, you have to apply like seven times Ooh. to like some jobs because they just like get too many applications. They just don't notice, you know, and you could be really great at that job. They're just not going to, you know, there's too many applicants. You got to keep going. You got to keep trying if you really want something. And so finally got an interview there. They were really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, wow, I love your resume. Like as I'm interviewing for a barista position, they're like, would you be interested in being like a barista trainer or a shift supervisor down the line? And I was like, yeah, I would. <laughs> that sounds great. Cause I had already interviewed for two separate supervisor positions at the bakery I was working at and got denied for both mm-hmm. strictly because I wasn't there as long as the other candidates. Huh. And that started my deep, like, I don't want to say hatred, but like, I despise the like, you got to do your time. Like, some people do their time and still can't do the job properly. So, like, what does that matter? Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, there there are people that, you know, coast through a job and, you know, no offense to them. But, you know, it's a lot different if someone is developing a skill set and they might not, you know, have the tenure that's needed. But, you know, they're, they, they're clearly qualified for, you know, A, B, and C reasons on their resume. Yeah, and they'd be like, wow, you're an excellent candidate. And I'm like, yeah. Like, just, you know, just because I have not mastered everything there is to master doesn't mean I would be good at that job. Yeah. You know, and they can teach you that stuff in that job. Yeah. So, you know, instead of that, they were like, oh, do you want to be a a mixer? And so then I got to operate all the mixers because you didn't get to operate the mixers unless you were trained to because that was only thing you could do. How do you operate for eight hours? (laughs) Um. So they range from like, we have like a 12 to 20 quart mixer all the way up to 140 quarts. Mm -hmm. So they're big. Big boys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so you have to know all like the safety stuff and you have to be, you know, you have to know like the mixing methods, which was something we learned like week one in, in, you know, culinary school, like in baking, like that was the first, you know, we were learning mixing methods first, and then we were learning cooking method. you know. And they look, what they the were, heck are the mixing methods? How do I make oh, a there's, <laughs> there's the cream. With cookies, mostly the creaming method. Absolutely. That's butter and sugar, and you aerate it, but you don't want to aerate it too much. And then there's the blending method, which is where, like when it's like oil-based, and you just kind of got to throw everything in there and mix it. You know, not too much, or you get tunneling. Throw everything in there. <laughs> you mean like yeah. dry ingredients and wet ingredients? You just pop them all. Yeah. There. I mean, usually you'd like mix the wet ingredients and mix the dry ingredients separately, mm-hmm. and then add them together. Gotcha. Um, and it's not always the smoothest, but that's fine. You know. Of course, that's how I would be over mixing. Yeah. Yeah. Just throw it all in. Yeah, like muffins. A lot of muffins are just mixing methods. Oh, yeah. it's great. That'd be a good muffin. That's why I love muffins. 
I love muffins. You can use one bowl and a whisk. Ooh. You know, it's great. I like I like making things like where I can use my hands yeah. because I had to use mixers for so long. And I'm like, I just want to use my hands to make something again. Oh yeah, you're like a mix master. Anela, if yeah. I was starting out as as a as a baker, and I'm not saying that like I'm this terrible baker or anything, <laughs> um, but I am. I'm I'm garbage trash. Um, wh- what what thing do you think I I should start off with? Do you think muffin is the most approachable? Yeah, baked good. Yeah, like muffins, quick breads, anything that what the heck you is just quick need bread, like banana breads. Oh, because they're not. Yeah, they're not actually bread. You know, they're like a muffin in a loaf pan. Fair. Um, okay. So they call them quick breads because they look like a bread, but they're really just you know they're a lie. Like pound cake. Yeah. yeah, like pound cake, that kind of thing. Yeah. Ooh, um, pound cake. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, pound cake is creaming method, but blending method, you know, anything like that yeah. is really easy, um, as long as you do the correct measurement. It should be fine. Okay. You know? Did we go through all of the Don't blending it... methods? Is that all of them? Oh, no. Uh, mixing methods. <laughs> oh, then there's like yeah. aeration. And so like foaming method is like aeration. So mm-hmm. like um, like egg whites and sugar and make like a meringue. And then you fold in flowers. So you get um, angel food cake. And there's you know other stuff in it too. Mm-hmm. But things like that, like that's foaming method. And then there's, I think there's more. It's been a while. I feel you. It's been, it's been a while since I've actually um, been in a bakery. It's been over a year now. Oh my god! For anyone that's curious. So yeah, Anela, um, why? Yeah. Um. So I, so they taught me how to mix, and I was really great at it. The issue was that I um, had only been working in a bakery for you know, seven months by the time they taught me this. And in culinary school, we did not do high volume. Like even when it was high volume, it was not. Yeah. High volume is when you make a batch of banana bread and it makes 215 loaves. That's quite a few. That's high volume. And you make two or three batches because it's holiday season. So (laughs) once September rolled around and I was like, you know, they were like, all right. Oh, also, Forgot to mention, they hung another raise over my head. They weren't going to give me the raise till I could mix on my own, you know, have a solo day. Yeah. So they, you know, taught me this and I was doing the job, but they weren't going to give me the raise till I could do it solo, you know, because it wasn't enough to be taught it. I had to reach a goal for it. Okay. Couldn't ask for help. No, no way. No way. So then, you know, I'm doing all this on my own. I'm, you know, scraping the bottom, like scraping out, you know, cookie dough, you know, pulling out cookie dough by hand and putting it onto sheet trays, things like that. You know, scraping the bottom of cake mixes, you know, like lots of heavy, thick, you know, lifting and scraping. Yeah. Um, I'm so then I. Arms for that. Yeah, I was buff. I had some buff forearms, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, that was the only thing that on me that was buff because September I started getting pains in my wrist, like to the point where they like wouldn't go away. 
And so then like, all right, here, go to urgent care. But I couldn't go during work. They, I had to wait till after work to go. Um, <laughs> yeah, they knew it's not that big of an emergency, right? <laughs> you can wait eight hours. Yeah. And so I go and they're like, oh, it's a strain. You're fine. Here's some muscle rub. Here's a brace, you know, and they're like, here, do some physical therapy. You know, it's a strain. <laughs> they made me go back a couple times. Was not getting better until I had like four days off. Then I went back and I was like, well, I mean, I, it feels better. And they're like, all right, you're good. Sent me home. Went back to work and everything got worse again. So then I had to do an appeal and because um, it was workers' comp and they're like, well, they say you're fine. And I was like, I don't want to go back to the urgent care. They, you know, misdiagnosed me. So then I had to do an appeal and had to get an independent medical exam. By the time I like got the exam, got the results and went back to urgent care, it was three months later. So this whole time it was tendonitis. Yes. And this whole time I was working full time because it was holiday season. So everything was more stressful. There was even more work to do. And, um, you know, I would, I like had to ask for help. Like I couldn't lift things without pain, like certain things, you know, there's some stuff I could do, but it just progressively got worse and worse. And so anytime I'd be like, hi, like, can I get help with this? You know, there's a lot of like backhanded comments and like, okay, you know, not a lot of support. So I did a lot of crying in my car after work. Um, There's a couple times where I just had to like walk out and like go sit outside because I was so frustrated. And, you know, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I would understand that too. I mean, you're, you're working in an industry that requires your hands to be to like a certain extent. And then you have a job that wasn't really accommodating for when you had some physical limitations that yeah, awful. That's awful. Yeah. So went through all that. And then eventually they're like, all right, here's a steroid injection did not help. It made it worse. And then, so I go back a week later and they're like, all right, surgery. So what was the surgery? Supposed five, to do? Um, so it's called the Dequervin's tendonitis release. They um, make an incision in my wrist and there's like a band around your wrist that like holds all the tendons in place. And when they get really irritated and you're not stopping, they don't really have the chance to become uninflamed, you know, so they're sitting there and they're rubbing against each other and they're painful Mm -hmm. and, you know, prolong, you know, the worst case scenario, you can start to get tears in your tendons. Oof. So, and I was just having just pain, you know, and they're like, well, if we do this tendonitis release, it's gonna, you know, your tendons will have room. They're not gonna, you know, they'll be able to become uninflamed. And so I did that. And whenever I went to work and I was like, hey, I have surgery scheduled for this day. They were like, no, sorry, we need you that day. And I was like, what? (laughs) But you can't use your hand, right? And I was like, I'm already in pain. And like, I had like, like a week or two before that asked if I could cut my hours down because holiday season was over at this point it's january mm-hmm. right i had gotten injured in september and the first like actual um treatment i got for tendonitis 
was December 16th. Mm -hmm. Oof. And, you know, that's like the end of the holiday season. Yeah. And then went back weeks later they're like surgery is your best option so then you know january 10th 2020 i had surgery on my wrist because i was like no i'm gonna have this surgery i was like you can find somebody else to work you know i was like no and then i had to take two weeks off and they were under the impression and i was under the impression because my doctor hadn't really communicated he was like yeah two weeks you know is all it takes to heal and I was like, okay, cool. No, <laughs> that's not true at all. <laughs> yes. It was a lie. Like two weeks is like a little a little too soon for that kind of a thing. Um, I was in a cast for two weeks. Ah. <laughs> and so I go and I'm supposed to like return to work. <laughs> and I go to Oh God. Um and then they put me in a half cast and I go to work and I'm like, um, I can't go back to working in pastry. Like I can't do that right now. So, and at this point I had planned on moving to New York and I was going to do all this stuff, but I didn't really like plan on like having to do physical therapy and I was going to move to New York, New York in March. Um, we all know how that went. Yeah. Um, not, didn't happen. I'm still in Michigan. <laughs> um, so did something happen? So, <laughs> um, like a, I'm not sure. There's something, and then they told me I needed to stay in my apartment uh, probably for a while. Boring. Yeah, whatever. All right. Yeah. So, whatever. You know. And so, I had surgery, and then I was working in the, like, service department for a couple weeks. And they, you know, and I was already going to be leaving. At that point, I had put in my notice. I put in, like, a two-months notice, right? Because I was like, hey, I'm moving to New York. If you're moving, they don't feel so, you know. They're like, oh, yeah, you, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I had put in my notice already. And so the last like three or four weeks, I was doing physical or occupational therapy three times a week for a month. And so I was constantly having to leave. And so they just put me in service department, whatever. Mm -hmm. I, you know, wasn't even trained to answer the phones. I did a lot of just like filing. And there's one day I just, you know, sat there and was like, what do I do? And, you know, I'd like call people and be like, hi, we need to reschedule this, you know, whatever. So that was, you know, they were like, ooh, we feel bad for you. I couldn't even use scissors for a minute. Wow. Yeah. And so I left there in February of 2020 So and went full, full-time at Starbucks. Okay. So that's what I was going to ask. So yeah. w- was it because, like, Starbucks was able to, like, put you on full-time? Yeah. I mean, at that point... I was already like, I was already closing like three or four nights a week. So this entire time I'm working 40 hours a week at Starbucks or I mean at the um, bakery. Mm-hmm. And then most days after work, I so I'd get out at like four or five, depending on what I worked that day. And then I'd zoom across town and either change there or stop at my apartment and change and go close at Starbucks and work there. 5 to 10.30 usually, or like 5.30 to 10.30, depending when I was scheduled to walk in. So I was doing that, closing there like three or four nights a week, depending on the need. And at that point, pre-Panorama, you know, it was normal, like, busyness at Starbucks. So it was fine, 
you know, I was just going there, cleaning, having a laugh, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. I was, I was just a barista and I was a great barista, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, cause I, I knew how to make coffee. I knew how to use machines. They were like, yeah, you rock, you know? So did that. I was great at closing and cleaning. I loved doing the dishes because you got to do dishes at school. So I was That's like, great. I am great at dishes, you know, and making sure everything's sweet. You know, it was great. It was fine. So how do you onboard it. people at a Starbucks? Oh my gosh. There is this wonderful training program. Oh. And you know, what? I say, I genuinely mean that like they have it down pat. Yeah. You know, it is like, probably like 40 hours of training and there's very specific things and you know and they're like they've got all these guides it's great and if you are a trainer and they follow the guides it's awesome you know like you know you can like see where people need more training and so I was a fan of that I was a fan of the structure so I kept going with that and you know, all the shift supervisors there were really awesome. And I met a lot of great people while I was there. I'm saying while I was there because I moved recently. So now I'm at a different store. Yeah. Um, and so they were like, hey, do you want to be a shift supervisor? And I was like, yes. Ooh, so they asked. <laughs> and then so I, yeah, and I, you know, and so that they started talking about it back in like November. Mm hmm. Is it something that and, you like asked for or is it something that you just like, oh yeah, I'm just constantly crushing it. And then they just approached you with that. Um, yeah. I mean, well, cause whenever I had been inter interviewed, they were like, they mentioned it and I was like, yeah, I'd be interested. And then whenever management would like talk to other ship supervisors and be like, Hey, who do you think would be great at this? Cause they're the ones working with us all the time. Yeah. Um, and you know, multiple, multiple people said my name. Um, which was very flattering. Uh -huh. And so they, you know, were like, Hey, you know, do you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, I want to do this. So got my training started in March after my, my occupational therapy had ended. They were like, yeah, you're fine. And I was like, ah. um, but it was workers comp. So they were just like, you're fine. There you go. Yeah. Just um, push you out. <laughs> yeah. And at that point I, you know, I was okay. You know, I didn't have like all the strength back. Yeah. Um, so I started the training process and then they were like, all right, go stay at home for six weeks. And over those six weeks, wow, was that a break I needed? <laughs> <laughs> I had been working so much yeah. and dealing with so much. And I was like, yo, you want me to stay home? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was, it's it's so underrated to just have, like, some time off. You know, you just never realize, like, how, how much it benefits you until you, like, take, like, a little sabbatical. I love that for you. Yeah. Yeah, and it was great, and I got to make brunch. I love brunch. It is, because <laughs> I don't want to wake early enough for breakfast, so I just yeah. make breakfast for lunch. Absolutely. And call it brunch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I'd make brunch, and I'd, you know, I'd drink a lot of tea, and... Um, I make myself some pour overs, um, just sit around. I did a lot of painting and it was great. And I got to like stop and step back and think like, what do I really care about? Cause I had gone through a lot of, um, like self doubt and 
like sadness over the fact that it felt like my baking career was over um at that point I mean for a while um so between like when I had my surgery and like the end of April so there's like a three-month period where I had only baked like once Mm -hmm. I made one batch of cupcakes and it was with a friend while we were drunk because you know I was just like, I was like, it's like, I want to bake, but I can't do it alone. I was like, yeah. I don't have that kind of, you know, I don't have it in me right now. Mm-hmm. And so her and I, you know, we baked some cupcakes and they were great. And, but then I, you know, didn't do it again till like April when I had a friend and she was like, Hey, you make these phenomenal snickerdoodle cupcakes. I want them. Can you make them for me? And I was like, yeah, sure. And, um, and she was, um, and I was, so I was back home in Ludington staying with my parents and my sister was home. So, you know, it was like, oh, we're all home. My parents will feed me, whatever. I'll get to see human beings. So I had gone home and my sister was home. And so my friend was also back in Ludington staying with her family mm-hmm. and everyone was home. So her like mom's boyfriend was like, wow, these are awesome. And over the course of like two weeks, you know i was charging for cupcakes and i was like i want as you should as i should they spent like two hundred dollars on cupcakes from me (laughs) over like two weeks take that craft sales we we need you childhood and nail didn't need you i didn't need you um and so i you know like regained some confidence i was like okay i can do this um, but at the same time, I was like developing some more pain in my wrist and I couldn't like lean. So there's a, like, I was definitely limited again. So, I mean, you know, that was great. And so I've, you know, I've been baking more, you know, not yeah. a ton because I'm, I've been busy. I've been working like 60 hours a week since, um, October. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been working a lot. Because I don't get paid enough to afford all the debt I'm in, and my parent, you know, I've I've taken on all my bills. You know, yeah. I pay my car insurance and my phone bill and my car payment. And well, my parents are helping with my car payment right now because it's been rough. I love them; they're great. <laughs> they can't afford it, but they help me. Um, and so, you know, my bills have definitely grown. And I have private loans, so those are not, you know, being ignored right now. I have to pay those because I thought that was a great idea. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. so uh, how did you get the, the tea shop job? So I, um, through a series of unfortunate but, um, like, needed to happen events, I was kicked out of the apartment I was living in or the house. Um there were just some differences. I still think it was stupid, but whatever. It was the push I needed to leave Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. And so I was looking on ZipRecruiter and Indeed, as I do so, so often. Um, they should they should sponsor you. ZipRecruiter? Um, yeah, ZipRecruiter should sponsor Big you. Big fit You're, it's a, jobs. It's a... Um, it's a 
Yeah, this is the workplace podcast. I found most of my jobs on ZipRecruiter. I love that. I don't use ZipRecruiter um, enough. Yeah, it's um, they should pay us for this. Um, yeah, so sure, yeah, let me just ask them. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was looking through because I just scroll through all the time. Like you never know when something's gonna pop up. Like the perfect thing, and what pops up? Tea consultant. And I was like, oh. Ooh. I was like, oh man, if there's something I can sell, oh yeah, I can sell some tea. You've been a tea person for years. Year, I mean, growing up, you yeah. know, I I remember drinking peppermint tea, you know, when I was like seven, mm-hmm. you know, like you know, I just thought it was the best thing ever, and so my tea, my love for tea only grew; it never stopped. It's still going. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who know me. I started a tea club with another one of my classmates in college. Um, it was wonderful. We, you know, had a great following. We won some awards. I was the treasurer, so I got to do all the ordering. And I got to find lots of lovely tea brands and try lots of tea. And that was amazing. And I loved it. Did you tell them that in the interview? Yes. Oh, so how did the interview go? The interview was like like one of the easiest interviews I've ever had. Cause I was like, Hey, I love tea. This is great. I want to sell tea. I was like, I know so much. I was like, I, you know, <laughs> I was like looking at the wand. I was like, this is amazing. And it was like, I was like a kid walking into a candy shop. Right. I was like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> you know? And so I'm just pretty much just geeking out about tea the whole time and being like, Oh yeah. You know, I know how to run a register. I can, you know, do all this stuff. And so they hired me in as a tea consultant, you know, did the thing where I asked for more money than I thought I should get so that I got to hire. There you, you know, go. Like, yeah, because they asked me and I was like, well, here's what I think I should get. Did they ask um, you, did, did they have multiple interviews or was it one? It was just one. And then, so I'm in there as a tea consultant and like maybe a week and a half goes by and my manager who had just gotten promoted to district manager was like, hey, there's a store supervisor position open. And I was like, I am interested. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so what do you do I had in like your position a, now? Yeah, so I had a pretty informal interview. And then, you know, they raised my wage. And I've got, you know, some nice bonus capabilities. But I, uh, yeah, so now I do the scheduling. And um, essentially, I am like in charge of operations at the store I'm at, which my staff is like six people, pretty small staff. Um, But I'm in charge of the scheduling and making sure that everything is organized. And I'm pretty much given free reign. Like, you know, I check in about everything, but I'm given like the ability to, you know, if I want to implement, you know, a new, like I, my favorite thing I've done is I, we got one of those big, like wall calendar things or like that you'd use for like family planning right you know there's like you got mom dad sister brother dog you know and you write out their schedule so I got one of those and I write like the schedule and like I'm like hey if anyone asks for anything write it down if anyone if we run out of something you know just like communication board and it's been so nice because I can just go into work and I open up the drawer and I'm like okay people want this this and this and then I you know communicate that all to my district manager and then she communicates it 
to like the owners and they get what we need and it's like a locally owned place so it's great and I get to drink tea while I'm there which I love and I genuinely think this tea is so good and like stand by it so much so uh tasteoftea.com it's great tea yeah and Ayla I love I love this whole journey for you I mean like obviously like I've been with you like throughout this this horrible process of of your tendonitis but I mean basically like you know you found you know a a pretty net positive at the end of it you get to do something that like you love like you love tea and you know you're not killing yourself at a job that's forcing you to to work with an injury (laughs) yeah and I mean on on that note I'm currently on a leave of absence from Starbucks because I started occupational therapy again and they were like, yo, you gotta slow down. Yeah. So I, you know, have been able to get that free time again so that I can start to, you know, get my life together again. But you know, I, it's nice that I still have this tea shop and I Mm -hmm. am able to, you know, find my passions again. Absolutely. So before we wrap up today, Nayla, I'd like to ask some specific questions about, you know, this whole tendonitis thing. Um, I am genuinely curious what your thoughts are. How do you think you should have been supported when you weren't able to do your job the way that you could normally do without a hand? Like how should you have been supported and how should people that have injuries be supported in an industry that forces them to, you know, use their appendages? (laughs) I mean, as a preventer, preventative measure um there should just be more like support like at the beginning you know and like finding ways to take the burden off of the um staff before it becomes an issue um so like getting like more ergonomical cookie scoops or you know trying to find ways so that no one's like lifting more than they should and like not having time goals like that set in place because when you're trying so hard to go fast you're gonna hurt yourself mm-hmm. and like there are people that like can naturally do that but setting the same standard for everyone just we're humans we're not machines and using the machines that you do have in place to avoid these injuries like oh my gosh there's a cookie machine we should use a cookie machine that scoops the cookies automatically even though it doesn't save time, it'll save bodies. So, you know, like doing those things as a preventative measure. And then also like when someone brings up a concern, like acknowledging that and asking like, well, what, what can you do today? Like, what can we, you know, work with? Mm -hmm. No, starting that, you know, communication and being empathetic of people that, may not have like the full capabilities at that moment you know it's just empathy (laughs) really yeah i mean that's that's all it boils down to are there any other philosophies or or key advices that you would give to someone that wants to walk in your wonderful uh shoes yeah i mean i i have learned this and I mean, I was inspired by my mom who quit a job. She had worked for 17 years. Um, If you don't like it, leave. (laughs) Like if it sucks and it's making you upset, just leave. Like you're going to figure it out, you know, and maybe it takes you a while, but like 
being at a job that makes you miserable isn't worth it. I mean, there's one thing to like have bad days, but if you look and you're like a weekend, I started like hating this job and I've been here for three months and I still hate it. Leave. Don't, you know, there's no reason there are other jobs out there, you know, and maybe, and the pay in this world is terrible, but you're going to find something, you know, it's just, it's not worth it to stay somewhere that sucks. Like if, you know, find somewhere that appreciates, you know, how like your talent and your passions, you know, and will be empathetic and encourage you like anywhere that uses negative reinforcement is not a place that should be allowed to be open. It's not okay. Absolutely. Anela Kettler, thank you so much for chatting with me for a, a, a god dang hour. I feel like I know you more it's as a been great. and more as a person. Absolutely. This yeah. is this was a, a, a very important episode, I think. You know, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, there's a lot of people that work in like the food industry that, you know, might need the a little boost from someone that has, you know, gone through some things that that kind of shifted their their perspective on the industry, you know, something that was beyond their control. Yeah, and I think it's important for, you know, these stories to be told. Like I I know I'm not the only person that has been injured on the job and dealt with, you know, backhanded comments or having to like leave the job they thought they wanted, but you know, there's always something. You know, I went through a time of being so upset about all of it, but I, it's just, it just gives me the opportunity to try something different and sharing this experience is the best thing I can do for any other young, you know, or old cooks in the industry. Like just, it sucks, but you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Like there are other people out here. I love that. Thank you, Anela. And Anela, what are your plugs? You can follow me on Instagram at Cakes by Anela. Um, I, you know, also have a Facebook page, Cakes by Anela, but my Instagram is mostly where I keep things updated. It'll get better. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, pretty much all I got going right now. We'll change it. And uh, for everyone that's listening at home, thank you for listening. I am, of course, your host with the least, Cole Bailey. Uh, please follow the show at uh, Instagram. Um, send us in some workplace advice questions, email us any stories from, uh, from your, your workplace adventures, then, you know, we'll field that through, uh, the episodes in the future. That's at what do I do show at gmail.com. Please leave us a review on Apple podcasts, listen to us on uh, wherever you, you listen to your podcasts and tell your mom, tell your, your friends, tell, tell your girlfriend, boyfriend, or person, please. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us tonight. Uh, And Anela, thank you. Yeah, have a great day.